on this episode of the Big Stick Golf Podcast. I mean, what else is there to talk about? It's all about Phil Mickelson, his historic day down at Kiowa Island uh, yesterday. Uh, just absolutely incredible uh, events down there, scenes, the crowd, uh, everything. Everything was just absolutely amazing. So we're going to go through all the details from the PGA Championship. It was a, a week that uh, I don't think anybody's going to be be forgetting for a long, long time. So stick around. We're going to get through all of that uh, as well as get you ready uh, just briefly for this week's uh, Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, there is still more golf to be played after Phil Mickelson's historic day. So stick around for all of that. Be sure to like, subscribe at Big Stick Golf Official. We really appreciate it. That's it for me, though. Let's get into this. Here's the podcast. The return to glory. I mean, any tour event's a big deal to win, but to win a major is obviously another level. There it is. Can you believe it? Nick Baldo! Yeah. Oh, man, that was so much easier than putting. I should just try to get the ball in one shot every time. Welcome to the Big Stick Golf Podcast! Okay, everyone, welcome into the Big Stick Golf Podcast. What an amazing tournament it was down at Kiowa Island. The PGA Championship is a wraps, and Phil Mickelson has made history, becoming the oldest golfer to ever win a major tournament. I'm John Guest, joined as always by C Money Carlton Smith. And man, Carlton, did you expect? I mean, I just I was not anticipating any of that. <laughs> uh, didn't expect any history to be set. Didn't expect anything that remotely crazy to to go down this week. I was just looking forward to yeah. A cool course and some good golf and et cetera, but history was made. Um, I don't know. What when did it kind of settle into you that Phil could really do this thing? What what was it a certain day or was it literally Sunday or the last <laughs> few holes? Or like when when did it settle in that okay, he's about to do this? Like when when was it uh for you? Oh shit, no like no lie. Like Phil's been here before where he's kind of lost it at the end. So I didn't really believe it until it was over. Yeah, but I'm I'm pretty sure I've been on record saying I didn't think Phil had four rounds of golf in him at this level. The just the 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 level he was playing at at the course with the field it's incredible. Uh, Kiowa might be the most intimidating golf course I've seen on TV. Uh, just not even just from a length standpoint, but all the different variations of wind and gusts coming at you, how long you have to be. Uh, he was just hitting absolute bombs. And then on 16, he hits that 366-yard bomb past Brooks, of all people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, I didn't see this coming, but I'm here for all of it. Yeah, it's one of those uh, – Kiowa was just incredible. I, I enjoyed just the, the the scenes and the views and everything so much, obviously, all week. But, yeah, it's one of those courses where, you know, people will say, you know, so-and-so course, the only uh, you know, real – defense that it has is if like the honestly the 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 stadium course at, at sawgrass is is one of these can candidates like if it's not windy you can shoot good scores oh, wow. and yeah. uh and, and so you know courses like that people say the the wind is its only defense but then you get a course like kiowa which is with no wind extremely extremely difficult uh just you know undulations all over the place yeah. linksy uh, style but link right style beach. yeah it's like i it's like i, I called it like beach links like it, yeah. it, was, it was like a yeah, as if you just took a, a like St. Andrews and just dropped it onto the marshes of the southeast coast of the U.S. <laughs> and then this is what it turns into. It's just like wherever the grass settles, it settles in their sand yeah. and 
and it just seems oh, kind of like oh, that. and a few palm trees and alligators and you got the yeah. kiwa that man I, I we didn't get any like monster alligators that was a little disappointing they showed some alligators throughout the week but they were all just little little guys like d- dudes weren't even scared there of was, was one by uh one of the greens there's probably maybe eight to ten feet but yeah you're right there wasn't that monster that was usually running around of course that you would expect out there but nobody yeah. tested so, that either you get a course that is just already hard and then you throw wind at it and this is what we got it was uh really really cool i i was in you know it was kind of cool to see at least on a from a coverage standpoint or just i guess the the where everybody's minds at where we're at in general just kind of discussing the tournament and how much emphasis like everybody was kind of in tune with the weather and what the where the wind was at and where it was coming from and how um you know how influential all this different scenarios would be and i don't remember many tournaments where every you know the 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 public and the announcers and everybody was kind of all on the same page about how important the the conditions were and and making that a part of the broadcast i've never seen so many graphics where cbs is just <laughs> flying over a hole and they've got the wind direction and then like that's Multiple like the wind directions too. yeah it's like the it made main guys it made guys back off I think it was John Rahm a couple times, even like his caddy, like in he's almost about to swing and hit it, and his caddy's calling him off. Yeah, uh, it's like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it, and then that there was a guy that got called for time too, which is, I mean, it's if you're slow, you're slow. But I yeah. felt like the entire tournament was kind of slow, especially those first few days. Uh, yeah, it makes I mean, sense. It, it like tests you, can't, you. like it, a, it makes it tough from a philosophical standpoint. You you could just sit there and wait for the for the wind to die down to yeah. whatever you want it to be, but. Yeah, for the pace of play, play is a, is a thing, and yeah, that makes sense. But uh, man, so many storylines throughout the week, though. But Kiowa was obviously the just I, I they played it in 2012 there, but I just don't remember. I don't know. Uh, maybe they just they cover golf differently than they did back then. It just I don't remember the the course being uh, put up, you know, displayed so thoroughly and kind of put up on a pedestal like it was this week. I remember obviously Rory won it in 2012, but. I just remember it kind of being like another tournament. Maybe it was because he won by eight shots. So that kind of, it made it a bit forgettable, yeah. but I don't know. It was just uh yeah, it was really just incredibly memorable tournament this week. And uh, the, you know, Kiowa was kind of, uh, I learned a lot about it. Obviously they had, they, they actually booked the first, um, the, the Ryder cup there in 1991 before the course was even finished. I didn't know that that was, that's pretty in, in, insane. Like they're like, Hey, we have these plans for this course, but it's not done yet. But hey, you want to have uh, one of the most major golf tournaments of the year uh, here uh, in a couple of years or whatever it may be. But so that was interesting. But uh, a lot of good stories coming out of there. Um, for, for a course that young to have this much of uh, prestige history, however you want to yeah. put it, it's pretty cool. I feel like they are going to – I mean, yeah, they. I hope they make it a regular. Maybe we'll get some um, – I don't know. Do you think it would be a, a good for a U.S. Open? Like, uh, does it – it doesn't really – I mean, it's sort of. Like, I think they could dial this thing up as much as they want to, because it's yeah. the rough is definitely like it could grow. It's it's tough to this weekend, but it could get worse. And, yeah, it was a the the grass in the rough. I forgot what it was called, but it it was a little thick, and the ball kind of sat down in it, but it wasn't like as penal as it could have been. Maybe no. which was probably a good thing, because good lord, the course was by far hard enough already. But uh, yeah. Really, really cool. Bryson talking about it's the hardest course he's played all year. So it's he said it's the hardest course he's ever played. So yeah. full stop. That's I think he's something like that. But oh, okay. uh, so yeah. So I mean, the fact that you uh, had a pretty good top ten, the leaderboard was was had some really nice players in it. And but then I mean, God, out of all the courses that you would ever expect Phil to have a chance to do something like this, I would have never, ever, ever expected um, this this kind of strange link style course with wind more wind than you could ever. Then he's you ever used to playing in and whatever it may be, but 
God, it just seems so improbable. Like I just can't, I still can't believe it. It still hasn't really set in. It's, it's, you know, hasn't even been 24 hours yet, but it's still like, what, like what just happened? It's, it's the way he won too. Cause I would have like, if you told me Phil was going to win this tournament, uh, I, I was looking at some <laughs> stats and I don't think he was like top 30 in driving accuracy, which, I mean, he hits it far, but his, his deal is he's squirrely. If you'd have told me that I'd said, you know, he's, he might miss the cut and he wasn't making bombs or anything either, but I I felt like he was kind of just holding it together where people were falling apart or just falling apart left and right around him. Uh, He, he did his fair share of that Sunday too, but he stuck it out and played good enough golf and Phil being the old KG veteran, you know, gets that W. Yeah, he really didn't make any. It was he never had any of the. I don't think he made a double. Uh, did he make a double all week? I don't know if he made a yeah, double. Yeah, he, all he week. made one. Did he? Did he make one Sunday? I think he did. But I think he. Went. No, well, he hit it in the water on uh, that one hole. It kind of trick trickled in, but he was able to take a drop on the green just based oh, on how yeah, that how that right. green yeah, was yeah, laid yeah. out. So that eliminated a double. He was able to just two putt for a bogey, which he made a big mistake, but it only ended up costing him a shot. Um. Yeah, it just it seemed like that kind of all week where if he made a mistake, it wasn't like a, just a devastating mistake. I know I yesterday I was waiting. I was like, you know, I know the wind has changed, but God, I getting to 17 was just such a tough hole all week. That par three was playing like like 230 and there was water all the way down the right side. And it, he made one double on 13 the third round. That was OK, when everybody else is making. Yeah, I, th- I think at that point he was up by like four shots or something, too. That yeah. kind of brought the field back into it. He was because on on uh saturday it was, it was third round though yeah yeah so. saturday he started i think he shot that was that stretch from friday his second nine friday to his first nine saturday he shot 63 yeah he had yeah, 63 awesome. shots which is i mean that was what won in the tournament that stretch and then he played just solid enough the rest of the the way to to win it but that's what really got him in position to win it was those 18 holes from the in between the second and third round uh he just played i mean it was honestly it's probably some of the best golf he's ever played in his life uh, and, he, and he happened to put it together at, at this PGA championship and, uh, and then got himself in position. And what I was really impressed by, and, and you may, you probably noticed this as well, was just how, um, just how well he managed his emotions and, and the mental aspects of his game yesterday. He, I don't remember him at any point really, and, you know, he would make a putt and give a thumbs up or whatever, but you know, people are yelling at him all the way around the course and he's not acknowledging anybody and kind of keeping his head down, walking at a, a constant pace to, throughout the whole round doing a lot of breathing exercises etc cetera, etc cetera. and um yeah he's just i mean he's just honestly there dude is dude is in better shape uh i think now, than he's ever yeah. than he's ever been i he, he had a, a picture i saw today he was at just chilling at his pool and he's got almost has almost has defined abs and he's 50 years old he's in better shape than he's ever been in um you know i think obviously mentally he's probably better than he ever has been I don't know if maybe necessarily some aspects of his game were as sharp as they used to be, but uh, I mean, distance wise, health wise, like he's never, you, you think about how many guys, you know, throughout their career have had these um, you know, either major or just kind of chronic or whatever injuries. I mean, there's, you can't think of many guys who haven't had injuries that play at this level for this long. And I don't really remember Phil missing any ex- extensive amount of time. Uh, he's really done well to keep his body in, and for the first half of his career, he wasn't really a guy that like worked out or um, I think it's just all natural, man. I think he's just definitely built for wasn't this. a gym guy. He was. Yeah. And he's kind of taken he's taking some shots because he's tried to make this this quote unquote Bryson type of change with a lot yeah. of things he's done. And there's nothing 
to, in my mind, I would assume yours too, that would indicate that you would, and you could have seen this coming. He mm -hmm. wasn't informed coming in. The course really wouldn't, wasn't suited to what he does well. It just, sometimes Hall of Famers and guys like Phil, six majors seems kind of slight for him. He feels like he should be a double digit major kind of guy. Uh, just when that talent seeps through and he plays really well, it's tough to beat. I mean, dude's chipping in, thumbs up everywhere. Like yeah. It's, that, uh, the crowd going. Yeah. I, we, you know, yesterday, we can, let's talk about yesterday's round. So the, it, it started out, I, I mean, the first hole, he, what did he have a two shot lead over Brooks and then he, and then Brooks birdied and he bogeyed. So they were tied after one. Um, and then it kind of, I forgot the specifics, but it kind of flip flopped a little bit. Brooks made a, had a bad hole and then Phil made a birdie. And, but when he, when he hold out from the bunker on that yes. par three, that's where it really, I was, that's, that's, I asked you the question earlier. That was for me, that was when I was like, okay, I was like, I think this is uh, actually could potentially happen. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. you know, I was still, I was like, it didn't, you know, you could kind of tell Brooks didn't really have his, he was the guy that I, you know, I obviously thought before going into the round that if he plays well, then he's probably going to win. But uh, he, he didn't play that well. Uh, some Louis Oosthuizen was kind of there. He stuck around for a little while, but then he fell off. And then, I mean, by the time we got to, you know, 12, 13, 14, Phil was sitting on a, at least yeah. a three, three, four shot lead for a lot of those holes and um, ended up taking a, what was it? A, a two shot lead into 18. I mean, it was just impressive. I, I just, I, I still can't believe it. Like, a, you know, a, a, this, this course, this, these conditions, and, and this dude played the most solid golf of, of anybody in the world that uh, it's just unbelievable. And, you know, for him, he hasn't, he's, he needs that U S open man. And we're going to Torrey Pines next week in his hometown. Uh, of course he's probably played a billion times before it, it sets up, you know, if he hits the ball, like he did this week, it sets up well for him. Um, so I, yeah, who knows, man? Can you imagine? Like, I, like Phil, just that's what I, I said that just, in the group. I, I was like, could you imagine something happening in this yeah. dude getting that U.S. Open win this year? Especially in his hometown, like God, you these this you can't. If you wrote me a script like this, I would tell you it's too like it's just not believable. Yeah. Like no one's gonna like this. But uh, he put himself back on the map, man. I I, I you know like I, I won't be uh, against uh, throwing some money at Phil's. So like you know maybe there's a chance he could. I don't know. He just imagine what this does. Like he's already, a, you know, obviously a supremely confident, confident guy, but imagine what this is doing for him. Like he was like, you know, I'm, I'm still, we were kind of, I remember I being me, I, I'm, I'm guilty as well over the course of the last couple of years where he's, he's, you know, he's gotten older and uh, he's played in some senior tour events at this point. And <laughs> I'm kind of like, all right, Phil, like kind of like you, you've had a good, a good run, man. Like you're, you're, you know, you're, and he's, you know, I guess kind of really, added to his social media presence over the last couple of years and all the hitting bombs and stuff. It, it just seemed kind of like a joke. And he was um, just, you know, really content with what he was doing and happy with where his personal life is and et cetera, et cetera. And, and he was, uh, you know, content with kind of smoothly riding into the sunset, whatever happens happens. But then in his mind, he had to think that this was still possible. And then he proved it to himself. So I just think, I, I don't know, man, I, I I kind of expect him to win some more tournaments before it's all said and done. So I don't know. Where do you stand on that? On that, do you still ex do you expect this to be like for a guy that doesn't need a confidence boost, but still it, it has to boost his confidence so much? Yeah, I mean he's sitting on cloud nine right now, so <laughs> whatever whatever is possible is possible for him. So yeah, agreed. Um, and then I mean, so Brooks, like, yeah, he wasn't wasn't hitting the ball well, and he, he was back and forth, but he got to the last hole, and then. Phil hits his drive uh, way off to the left side, 
And at that point, he we kind of had a good. He looked like he had a pretty good lie. Had a easy, you know, relatively easy shot into the green. And then uh, by the time he got to his ball, the crowd was following him down the fairway, and it was massive. It was like, a, I mean, it was it was comparable to what was following Tiger around East Lake a, a few years ago. And um, so he hits his shot. You know, gets up, hits it to about 15 feet. It's freaking epic. He <laughs> the shot that CBS had was uh, kind of below him. And then he he hits it, his, his club twirls and starts walking after it. And the crowd is just swarming him and dudes are grabbing him. And it's just hectic. There's like, he's surrounded by sheriffs and like a massive crowd. I, I don't know. I couldn't believe it. Did I, I guess, I, I guess after watching that, those scenes uh, at the at Eastlake and the crowd following Tiger up, did you expect to see anything remotely like this ever again? Like I, I it just kind of happened. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, from like especially COVID times, I know we're on the back end of it, but I I didn't think there were going to be people on top of each other like that, and yeah, uh, it's it kind of got chaotic there a little bit. And I was we'll, worried. <laughs> we'll speak on some of the that stuff uh, a little bit later on, but the it was still cool to see like the aerial view of you know the 18th green with so many people around, and you know everybody's sports are back, you know we're back, and PGA Tour is live and. There's only a couple guys in in the uh, the sport that can do this, you know, a Rory, obviously a Tiger, I think a Jordan Spieth, and then you know Phil. And I'm trying I, to I think. Didn't, like, I didn't even know. I didn't even know Phil could do it to this extent. Like I really, yeah. didn't. I thought his his, you know, he was on the other side of it, and it was kind of a novelty thing. But even like I'm, I'm trying to think back to uh, like Tom Watson at that British Open. I don't know if he was going to get this kind of reaction. You know, like yeah. it's like Phil oh yeah yeah this. no yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think like I, I can't imagine ex, for ex, besides the two scenarios that we exact scenarios that we saw happen in the last few years. I can't imagine another scenario with modern day golfers where in, the crowd would react in any way remotely like this to anybody else. Um, the only ones that are coming close, I think, are Jordan. Like Jordan Spieth is a universally liked guy. And if yeah, he would have found a way to do this. But yeah, like with with Phil being who he was and how he came in. Like if Jordan hadn't won this year and then Jordan does this, I think we might be able to get that. Maybe. I just don't, I think it also, I think it, it would take, I think it takes a lot longer. I can't like, I, so I was, I was actually at Eastlake when uh, I was in the crowd that followed Tiger. I was on the freaking fairway. Yeah. Um, it was amazing, but there was a level of hype at that event that I've seen. I've seen Rory win in person. I've seen Spieth win in person. And it, not even remotely close, not even. Well, that, and that's the point I'm trying to get to is like Phil was nowhere close. Like you, like we've been saying, Phil winning wasn't something that we right. thought would happen. So like if Tiger Jordan winning Speed doesn't win. If, if Jordan Spieth doesn't win to, was it two, three weeks ago and he's playing well and play like, I think that's about the only guy that could do this. Yeah. I don't outside maybe of the, outside of the two. I but don't think I, but else. I think Tiger's circumstances where he was, you know, so much obviously personal drama and, and exactly. mental That's, issues and, and um, uh, legitimate injuries, like people didn't think he was going to come back or be able to play well ever again. That's Phil was yeah. Phil was kind of just like aged past it, and and people remember how exciting Phil was, like you know the the Masters, he first Masters he won where he had a two inch vertical and everybody was going crazy and. Um, but the, I think it, it requires extremely unique stories that have to do with like goats and, and, uh, so, and just shockingly, we've gotten two of those scenarios in the last few years It's man, it's just, I don't know. Golf is in a good spot right now. It's just like, 
um you know when they have these these scenarios that that are that seem like movies like it's just it was crazy um this is straight out of tin cup like kind of stuff yeah we may as well just keep going into the crowd so in that in that walk up to the green phil got grabbed by a drunk guy uh i actually saw a meme he they called him they were calling him like like thirst thirsty patron or something he was like he was was blown up on the internet by the time and that same guy who he there was like a, a video of him like i think cbs actually showed it like chugging a mick ultra and then why like on the on the tee box where phil was about to tee off uh, watching him and then uh, the same guy ended up grabbing phil like by the shoulder kind of aggressively as he after he hit his second shot on 18 and got got quickly stiff armed but um it was just wild that's how much of wild how wild it was and then after the round brooks actually was talking um about just the experience of like all that and being in the crowd and everything and and he he seemed to be insinuating that people were like messing with him or make, taking some shots at his knees or something or bumping into him or maybe it was just the fact that he was bumping into people was actually causing his knees some discomfort. Uh, he seemed to insinuate that his caddy may have gotten like hit in the face. Like yeah, I don't think he insinuated. I think he. I don't really <laughs> like what. <laughs> it seems like that. Uh, you know, there was no cameras on him. He was in the yeah. sea of people. Like there's no proof of this or anything. But I was just like, wow. I was like, I don't. Uh, that's how riled up the crowd was that they were just for, I don't know, messing with people for whatever reason. But um, so that was insane. And then Phil had to go up and compose himself and, <laughs> and finish the, <laughs> the round with like 50,000, not that maybe like 10,000 people surrounding the green. Uh, it, was, it was just insane. I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Watching him two putt. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> watching him two putt, but uh, I mean, he was I mean, amped up. Like it was, yeah. it was just a crazy, man. Kind of spectacle. Just crazy. Um, yeah, didn't expect any of that before the week. I mean, I don't think anybody did, so it is what it is. But uh, um, I don't know. It, I really hope that people weren't, like, trying to fight Brooks. <laughs> That's like, like <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, you don't uh, that. Man, you know what's wild is if that if Brooks would have ended up winning this tournament, he would have been he would have tied Phil's majors, you know, majors yeah, mark with his five, fifth major yeah. at whatever. He's like 32 or 33 or whatever. But um so that i mean that that was a kind of a big win for phil i mean he puts a little separation between him and brooks not that that may matter to him but phil's also won like 45 46 tournaments in his career so brooks probably won't reach that mark but um yeah a lot of a lot of i don't know it was, it was just wild um let's see all right so there's there's a lot of storylines i mean you got anything else to add besides phil was incredible and made history <laughs> like that, yeah, I, I think mean, it's all probably been said in a million ways before. i think it, phil being incredible and just kind of i hate to say it but brooks kind of being a disappointment like, this is the first yeah. time and you mentioned it earlier I, I really felt like my body was rooting or my, my heart was rooting for phil but everything in my head told me like brooks is about to run away with this thing we saw yeah. it earlier this year at the waste management like the door opens and he hops right in and chips in for Eagle or something. Yeah. He had some opportunities where like, okay, it's here. Cause he, he's making birdies and rolling putts in and, you know, hitting good shots. Like that, that like blistered three, what was it? Three iron driving. No, it was iron. like a one iron. Yeah. Like yeah. driving iron I, I, thing. Yeah, was he was like killing iron. that thing. He was absolutely destroying. <laughs> that club. I think and, it's the, I think they said it's the longest club in his bag. It's longer yeah, than his yeah. driver. And like, whatever that club is, he said it was the most confident club in his bag that he has too, and he hit two or three shots on the front nine. I was like, "Good lord!" Like he's yeah. just hammering the ball. Yeah, and it just it just never came about. It it was it was maybe it was more of the knee than we thought. I don't know. If I would figure uh, that knee is not feeling great. He's still post surgery x amount of months, but I just I was kind yeah. of disappointed. I expected I mean, any, like a, a straight up duel. 
all of that said, even it just he would have been in a playoff with uh, Oosthuizen if it wasn't for Phil having a just unbelievable yeah. career defining tournament. I mean, um, so even all that said, he still would have been right there with a chance to win. But yeah, he still finished T two. So it's- yeah, I agree. Though he, you don't see him, uh, he, he's never been a guy. His uh, his his I don't know his his interviewing like the ways he answers questions about just stuff he, he doesn't give you much and he, and he says i'm just i'm just playing golf like that's all it is to me like i, I i'm good at this and i'm confident and i know what i'm doing etc but this week yeah he, he was kind of uh were you surprised to see him just i don't know want to say necessarily excuses but um yeah, was... it was just he was he was talking about in the media like you know you know reasons Brooks that has he always wasn't... been in his interviews especially post round post whatever you want to call it He's always been about like I've got to do this. I'm I'm playing golf. When he went head to head with Tiger, it's me versus Tiger in a golf like it's everything is, it's that alpha whatever you want to call it machismo. And Brooks is like embodied that like between him and DJ, you kind of go back and forth who's got more. This is the first time that I've kind of seen a little bit of, of a crack or a kink in that that bro armor he has. Like it's, he got out alphaed. I mean, hell, maybe so. Like yeah. and. I mean, he's, he's wounded. He's still, he's still, a, he's still a beast, but he's, he's a little hurt out there. And it he's was gonna... a little, it was a little bit of vulnerability, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. I just, I really was surprised by his answers and his demeanor in a lot of ways. But, I think the moment that his caddy got punched in the face was the moment that he's going to win the U S yeah. open by 12 shots. This is, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. Like he's <laughs> Brooks might not play another tournament and go, go home and rest up and work out, do whatever, whatever he does and show up to Tory Pines ready to, to raise hell <laughs> hell yeah I, that wouldn't surprise me at all he's got uh, about a month to prepare for it and, yeah and now he's got a chip on his shoulder so i don't know if uh brooks with a chip on his shoulder is uh, going to be interesting but wouldn't surprise me there's at all a, there's a few guys that should i mean dj's one he didn't play very well this week yeah Big i'm worried T, about dj man cut. like i'm hoping his knee isn't a bigger problem yeah. than we know at this point but I mean, yeah jt missed another cut played pretty bad <laughs> Rory uh, was kind of eh, like he was yeah. kind of middle of the pack. He got, I mean, I don't think he finished like guys. two over or something. Bryson played well this week. That was a guy. Yeah. Um, it, and that's a, you know, another course that I didn't really anticipate setting up very well for him too. I think Bryson may have fell off a little bit. Where did he finish? Hovland was up there. He, but he had a really bad Saturday. Um, that was kind of disappointing. I was hoping, man, it would, it would have been really cool to see him break through. Uh, oh yeah, Bryson shot 70, 77 yesterday. Had a rough day. Finished three over. Yeah. Woodland, yeah, Woodland was up there. He also shot seventy seven. Um, yesterday, no, no offense to uh, Mr. Kevin Streelman, but like if something crazy would happen and this thing would have collapsed and he wins the tournament, <laughs> yeah. that'd been a disappointment. Sorry, bud. He uh, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't play very well yesterday. Shot no. three over. Man, good rounds from Abraham. Answer shot sixty four or six. Sorry, sixty five yesterday. Like, think about that. That's like yeah, that's he shot seven under to finish tied eight. Uh, actually, honestly, the top, the top, the T eight group of guys was pretty impressive. Uh, let's just go on the list of the top ten. It's a really a pretty interesting group. So Phil, obviously, then Louis and Brooks tied for uh, second. Two Irishmen, one of them also fifty years old, tied for fourth. Uh, Shane Rat Lowry and this year's uh, Ryder Cup captain Podrick Harrington. Think Podrick Harrington, man, fifty years old as well. Shot uh finished two under for the tournament T four. That's that's impressive, man. I mean, he's not a bomber either. Like he was playing some good golf. He was he was holing out some chips and yeah, pitch shots too. Short game was was really well. He's uh, got that short game complex at his house. He's cheating. Oh like, yeah, 
he's probably i mean phil's had to be really inspirational for him uh you know he's at least in his head like i can still do this i can do that um harry higgs pretty pretty cool uh, story for his first ever major finished uh two under to uh, t4 paul casey t4 and then this group at tied for eighth was is really impressive so we have abe answer after shooting 65 justin rose colin morikawa john rom will zalatoris scotty scheffler tony finau ricky fowler let's talk about him for a second and then streelman um so ricky fowler we've we've talked at you know pretty extensively about how disappointing he's been for a couple years now on this podcast but uh he uh i, I didn't realize until sunday had to get a, a basically an exemption to play in this tournament uh from the pga of america so he wasn't even qualified by traditional means and thankfully he uh put together a, a really solid tournament but i don't know what what do you think uh I mean, see, and seeing Phil win had to be pretty impressionable. I saw him actually thank Phil on the 18th hole. He actually stuck around and uh, and watched uh, watched the finish. But I don't know. What do you think that means for Ricky? Do you, I don't want to say he's back in any way, but uh, moving forward into the next few weeks before leading up to the U.S. Open, do you, do you expect him to be kind of in contention, maybe on the map at least, and and have us talking about him more positively in the next month or so? I guess is is he going to be there? <laughs> like, I, I would assume. I think he's qualified he's for the, in the U.S. Field. Open. That's step if, one. We got to get qualified. Uh, right. Uh, I mean, yeah, you finish T8 in this crew and with that group of people and you play the way he did in these conditions, like it's got to yeah, be. Yeah, I feel like one of the qualifiers for the Open has to be yeah. like finishing in the top 15 or something. In yeah, the PGA, it's, it's, but... I mean, but either way, like, I don't know. Jordan Spieth came back to life this year. Hell, why not Ricky Fowler? So. I'm rooting for it. Yeah. We'll see it, Ricky. Um, he's, he's got this, this mustache game going that's pretty fierce, so. He's been, yeah, he's just had some, yeah, I mean, his putting, honestly, everything's been kind of rough, but I, I think I, I expect him to get it back together. That'd be cool. Um, uh, one pretty interesting uh, scenario that, <laughs> oh, Will's out Taurus. That's a cool, a good story. He was uh, finished. Obviously the big story was he was second in the, uh, at the masters uh, in his first ever major and then uh, T eight for uh, at the, at the PGA. So his first two majors as a pro, Second and top ten at the uh, PGA. So well done, Will Zalatoris. That's impressive. Tony um, Finau is another one. Yeah, Finau. I mean, at least he wasn't. Now? At least he wasn't close enough to break our hearts. He just had like a good Sunday to get back in the top ten. It wasn't like a, he was in the lead and then blew it because that would have been pretty disappointing, uh, given the history. But um, how about this one instance? So <laughs> did you see Eric Van Ruyen? Yeah, geez. the old South African uh, kind of blew, lost his mind on the 17th tee box. Uh, this yeah, place will do it, it to you. Give like, us a rundown he, on that scenario if, if anyone missed he just, it. He just hit that squirrely uh, tee shot and decided that, you know what, it's probably either it's either the club's fault or it's this damn tee marker's fault. And he, he <laughs> took two swings at the tee marker yeah. from both sides. And about killed his caddy or whoever that guy was with the, I don't know if it was his caddy or the playing partner's caddy, but it was just. <laughs> yeah. I looked not, into, not I was like, work. I was like, what could have caused him to get like absolutely lose his mind. And apparently he was uh, sitting at like, uh, he was like two or three over going into like 14 or 15 on Friday. This it was before the cut. The cut was like five over. Um, so he was still below the cut. Then he, then on like 14, he made like a bogey. And then he doubled 15 and then made another bogey on 16, which was a par five. So he was in missing the cut range. Then he hit it in the water on 17, which led to like either a triple or a quad. So he knew he was missing the cut and he absolutely lost his mind, took a swipe. Like he was really angry, took a swipe at the T box or the T marker, decided that that wasn't a good enough swipe. And then 
proceeds to break. <laughs> Did his a club. full 180, turned around and took a full swing at the T marker. Absolutely shattered it. It hit. I think that was his caddy, and then another a patron, a guy who was just chilling watching the tournament, hit him with debris. Luckily, nobody Dude, was that's injured. That's what riled the crowd up for this weekend. Maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I God, I can't imagine. I've never, I've never seen. And of all the tournaments I've ever played in, junior tournaments with kids, whatever it may be, I've never seen a guy destroy a tee marker. Like, especially a professional tee marker where they're all, like, custom-made and they're nice and they're, like... <laughs> I play in some pretty groups, and I'm pretty sure I haven't seen that. I've seen, you know, the fake swing at a, a pin or something, but, geez. What's more cringe to you, a guy who does that, like, destroys an object or a tee marker or whatever, or a guy that takes, like, a fucking gouges out of a, a gouge out of the green or something just you know, oh it's definitely, tearing the course up it's the green at least he hit the like the t marker they can replace that yeah you mess with the green you're screwing it up for everybody he else. was he was in such a rage that he destroyed the t marker hit a couple people like probably didn't feel good didn't even yeah. remotely apologize basically just stormed off oh, yeah and, he kept it moving like yeah. i don't even think he picked was, his club up like he had the, the <laughs> shaft in his hand and the head was somewhere in the water and yeah well, Man, I mean, honestly, look, like I, I wouldn't be mad at all if the PGA suspended him for a couple yeah. tournaments or something like, you know, like you can't be doing that kind of that stuff. That was crazy, man. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, we've, seen, we've seen some wild stuff like, you know, John Daly chucking his his iron into the water. And yeah, that's this, fine. Like, I mean, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Like, I mean, you see guys pick up ball like Rory even tossed his ball in the water as yeah, far yeah. as he could. Side, uh, his, side his, note, Rory's second attempt at throwing a ball. It's not pretty. Like, we got to work on that form. <laughs> Yeah, like the, when he did, he won earlier Wells Fargo, it still looked <laughs> those uh those UK lads don't really yeah. uh practice their uh ball throwing form like he's we do in America. Very, uh, very short arm, uh, not a lot of. He's not you know facing the other way at foot plant like a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean you're the baseball coach, bro. You should <laughs> uh you should give him some pointers. God forbid he ever has to throw out a first pitch. Yeah. Good lord, yeah, <laughs> let's not have that. Um, let's see what else. So yeah, Van Ruyen is a douche. Uh, <laughs> you know, he may not be a douche, but he had a very douchey moment. Um, yeah, that that the PGA. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the PGA suspends him or something. I'm not sure if they'll go to those links. Maybe they'll just have a discussion with him. Um, you know, obviously, hopefully he knows that he made a mistake. But also, do you think? I mean, after what happened with the crowd on 18, do you think uh, that the PGA needs to? I don't. I'm not sure what they need to do, but implement some some sort of security measures to to make sure that you're like we were there was like 30 seconds of covers that went by where they were like where's brooks uh brooks yeah, is still in the him. crowd uh I, i'm pretty sure they're gonna address that but yeah uh, come on like we were the pg we were the the players they ain't none of those mm-hmm. cats stopping <laughs> they ain't stopping me <laughs> yeah oh like, for sure yeah, yeah i mean like, that's what i'm know, saying there there's just there's a, a bunch line of there's volunteers a, it's, it's a lot really of security. um it's kind of a microcosm of like society like we you know we like at any time anarchy could break out but there's yeah, kind it's of the a mob mentality you it's the first guy yeah. to go and it's yeah it's, it's an right, agreed upon cool. agreed upon mentality that we want to keep civil discourse but then when yeah. something like this happens uh civil discourse falls to the wayside and so that i mean that's what i was talking about earlier like i can't the scenarios where we just completely lose all semblance of civil discourse has to <laughs> so far it's involved tiger and phil so we'll have to see uh moving forward into the future if it involves anyone else and what scenarios they those may be but um yeah, either way. I mean, you were talking to me about the CBS cover. So what, what were your gripes about their uh, about their coverage? I, it, and maybe it's just the like how good I felt ESPN did at doing mm-hmm. it. And, you know, ESPN's is from a coverage standpoint, they cover every sport. So I feel like whether they're producers or 
the guys that are involved understand the story of what's going on better. But I just, I mean, sometimes you feel like you're lost in the tournament with what CBS does and yeah. you see it at other tournaments, but you get, you know, it's, it's Brooks against Phil, but there's right. things going on around it that could, could matter in the long run. Like Colin comes out and I think he was, he made three out of four birdies in the first four hole and you know, very birdieable and scoring holes were happening early. So it's, I don't know. It's just some, I guess me just being a little nitpicky with some things is I don't know. ESPN, uh, yeah, yeah. I see ESPN what you're did a really good job with it. I'll say that. I think, I think when they, when there's a set, like golf is very, uh, it's easier to cover the early rounds because you, you know, it really is just like show shots and whatever happens, whatever. Um, show the players that people want to see, show shots, show good shots. But when you get to the weekend, I think it's a little bit harder to produce because the, the, you have to like balance the, I, and of course I'm, I'm speaking, I did kind of go to school for this, but I never worked in this field. So I'm just kind of speaking off based off of just speculation. So take it out for the grain of salt, but I would imagine it was, you know, they're, they're saying, okay, this is the scenario going into Sunday. They probably had a production meeting and they said, these are the things that we need to focus on. Uh, we'll have, they probably got a, a, a ton of like those little pieces together that they wanted to try to sprinkle in just like the pre pre shot pieces or whatever. Um, and then covering the actual shots is they'll, you know, that you were talking about how they were showing replays. They weren't showing live shots. I think, yeah, I think they probably yeah, just I, made I it. Get, it's tough to do it, but yeah, it's just, yeah. It, it's not easy to do. It's just, it's just, they probably made a production decision where they were like, we're instead of let's just go ahead and we're going to just focus on the main group and build the drama as much as we can. And then if something happens in the other groups, we'll show. And then if, you know, guys, <laughs> but no one was really in contention besides Brooks and Oosthuizen and, and yeah, it was, it was a little tough to, to cover from. Like Hideki started popping up, but it, my point is like, at some point they're hitting a drive and they're walking after it. Like, I, I know what you're saying though. Like there was one point where, uh, before we, fell also, off, we get just, we get the ocean for no reason. Yeah. Help. There was one point where he fell off, uh, or sorry, where um, uh, it was on like, probably around like when Phil was on like either 10, 11, 12, like those holes. And and I remember looking at the leaderboard and seeing that Cantley had gotten to three under. And I was like, how, do, like, I don't even know he was even remotely close to contention, but how did he get to three under? So I do know what you're saying. I agree with you. Uh, could we not have gotten a couple of Cantley birdies to see that he just pulled within four shots or something? And, like, that, that builds to the story. Like, if yeah. something. God forbid something would have happened with Phil and he falls apart and we got a wing foot moment like, oh, oh crap, God. here's here's Cantlay and it yeah. turns into a, a, maybe a four man playoff between those two and Usti and Brooksy. Like it's I don't know it's the theater of it, but yeah, I agree. No, it was under, I understand for sure. Um, but yeah, besides that, just absolutely incredible. Um, I I don't remember having that much fun watching a tournament. Probably like I mean, yeah, since Tiger won the Masters, like. That was, uh, I mean, those two situations. I can't. I it's it's hard for me to imagine. <laughs> like, I think we've been spoiled. Like, <laughs> they're they're like the the Masters this past year where Hideki, where Hideki won. I was, I'm not gonna remember that at all. You know, like uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, it's you know, uh, I mean, we're we're getting spoiled with these just absolutely epic, um, you know, majors every once in a while. It seems that we've had a couple in the last few years and. Who knows what else is in store, but absolutely just fantastic PGA championship. Couldn't maybe a few things they could have done differently as far as coverage goes. But besides that, just couldn't imagine a better tournament. Really, really awesome stuff there. Um, one of the big storylines uh, over the course. So let's kind of give it the rundown. So 
the the let them play uh, tournament that Barstool put on was pretty cool. If anybody doesn't know the so the NCAA regional championships uh, for in, in in golf is how you determine the, the the I think they always invite like 18, 20 teams to those regionals, and then uh, the top like five or six teams will move on to the national championship. But they, they played this regional in Louisiana. Uh, they uh, I think they got rained out Monday and Tuesday. It was supposed to be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday tournament, and then. The NCAA, the, where, where the controversy came about is the NCAA has some um, just rules and regulations uh, that are in place, that are always in place. And essentially, if, if they, the, the way that the rule is written is if they don't start the tournament by, I think, Wednesday or Tuesday, like Tuesday, I think, they, they like automatically cancel the tournament and then the top six seeds of the regional goes on to the national championship so those were the rules and regulations that the ncaa had and then for the first time ever they came into fruition and they actually had to cancel the regional and then the top six seeds just moved on to the national championship so caused a ton of controversy um this whole let them play movement started out of it and then uh bouncing off uh i don't I, you know i don't know if it's purely just uh of altruistic endeavor or if it's a, a pr movement or whatever it may be but barstool ended up throwing this uh let them play tournament they put it together in like a week in uh, arizona they had what, what do they have like 12 teams show up or something yeah. and but i don't know what do you think about that that whole situation like what were your thoughts and just uh uh and, and how cool it was for them to, to throw that tournament for them yeah i mean how about barstool having that i mean or at least rigsy having that pull yeah and and what more I think about it, like you have to ask, obviously you have to ask the NCAA if it's okay, but at the same time, I think it was all seniors. So their eligibility was gone anyway. So it wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna okay. harm. I, I think, don't quote me on that. So yeah. that him asking permission was more of like, Hey, can they do this from an optic standpoint? I would, I would assume, and mm -hmm. you know, assuming whatever, but still, but regardless, the whole point of it and him being able to throw this together in a matter of a week, is incredible yeah and giving the moments that these girls had to spotlight and and kind of you know focus on them and their career i mean like you we were talking about earlier we're trying to find results but that's kind of beside the point they got a chance to finish out their career and actually play one more competitive round of golf when it was kind of taken away from them mm -hmm. not whether the and it wasn't you know the ncaa has its rules and it sucks it really does which they'll they'll now update <laughs> we well, yeah, probably will but yeah from just, I guess, devil's advocate side, understanding mm. how like playoffs and things work, golf tournaments are tough to, you know, from a logistics standpoint. So giving yourself more time for the next round makes sense. Uh, it just circumstantially, it's it was terrible for these girls, but in the end of the day, they got a chance to play. And again, there were some really cool moments. These seniors getting uh, situations where, you know, they're signing their card, they've got these uh, Zoom, whatever, video phone call kind of deals yeah. going on, and their parents are there like, hey, we can see you finishing up your round. It's just a lot, a lot of heartfelt stuff, man. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool to see. Um, yeah, yeah, The just the, the you know, they, they could have, honestly, it, if when they look back on it in the future, I think it'll be an even cooler story to, that they were part of than uh, just if they would have had, you know, a normal regional most of them wouldn't have made the final national championship anyways and then yeah. instead now now they were part of a situation that that started out sucking it was a really just shitty terrible situation at first really unfortunate uh for so many of those uh, ladies 
and then just base just yeah just we kind of a a a consolation tournament of sorts was kind of memed into existence (laughs) uh in the course of like a week and then also at the same time brought a lot of shed a lot of light on these policies that the ncaa needs to update um and uh kind of just uh I don't know how much of a like women's movement. Uh, I don't, th- that's what it, this was initially kind of, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way that this was seen as like, uh, you know, the NCAA doesn't care about women. Uh, this is, it was shitting on women, but it, that if this exact same scenario happened in, at a men's regional, the exact same thing would have happened. So, um, and that would have been terrible and unfortunate for those guys too, but uh, and, just, and so, just how how they came out and said it wasn't playable at the championship right, level. Like, right. Dumbass. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I mean, it's playable to a certain extent. If you have yeah. three holes, like you can have a sort of a tournament. Exactly. Uh, I remember playing in a tournament in uh, uh, junior golf. Uh, I had to drive. We had to drive down to the uh, University of Florida golf course. So we grew up about an hour and a half from there. Uh, but that's where this junior tournament was. We've played the first round. I, I had a pretty good round. I think I was like tied for third after the first round. And then overnight, this like massive front came through. Went, drove, left at like 4 30 in the morning to get there uh got there it the, the i mean i think there were literally three holes that weren't underwater just the way that course is set up and then they said that unfortunately i missed i missed the play they had a playoff amongst the two the, there were like three guys that were tied for first and they had a playoff among those guys and on like one par three that was above the water <laughs> that was oh, the, wow. and that was and that was how they finished the tournament and it sucked for me like you know i went home and uh, it was, you know, it, you know, I, I had a chance to win the tournament the next day. It was, so it was disappointing in that regard, but yeah, these things happen. And, and it, it was just really cool that, uh, that Barstool stepped up and, and not only, you know, had a little bit of a really shed some light on some things that the NCAA needs to, to do better with. And then, uh, and then also had a really fun little tournament that, that paid for all paid expenses, like flights, uh, hotels. Um, they, they were, there was like a photographer really cool. that tweeted at rigs and it was like hey I'll, I'll take pictures i'll just let me know and yeah like, hell dude drive he drove from like illinois to wherever they were going and he he paid for him to have his you know you know place to stay and food and it was just a really cool event yeah cool off the seniors really cool to see um just a, a a social media brand has turned into uh this kind of a yeah you know, people have their gripes about barstool Dude, for those various guys things, were but... all over the place. I know like Riggs was doing this thing, but the other guys were at the damn PGA and like mingling with the guy, like, like they're in shots talking to Joel Damon and yeah. And yeah. Max Homa and, uh, <laughs> practice, you know, driving range and stuff. It's just living it up, man. Yeah, shows you the potential. Them. If your podcast blows up, <laughs> what, what you can do, <laughs> uh, life goals. Right. Um, yeah. So really cool stuff there. All right, uh, so we do have a golf tournament this week. Uh, it's the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Country Club in uh, down there in Fort Worth. This was actually the f- tournament last year that was what kicked us back, or was the first tournament back from the COVID shutdown. Uh, Daniel Berger won. Um, so we'll have to see how it goes. I think the field this week is a, uh, it's not the strongest field, but there's going to be some guys there. I know Justin Thomas is going to be there. I think uh, Spieth is going to play in it too. He's a Texas guy, so that makes sense. So let's we'll see what happens. I think it'll be a fun, now. fun little tournament. But everything's, gonna, 
everything that matters now is Tory Pines. Like that's yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it, I don't even know what tournaments are between now and uh, the U.S. Open, but it's just they're all going to be caught in the wake <laughs> of Phil. Phil's wake is going to be just long lasting. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a, a tough time being motivated to kind of watch the next few weeks, but um, hopefully we'll get some some yeah, exciting. Phil, stuff. Phil moved up to 45 in the fedex cup so well i said that and of course yeah. we got charles schwab this week next yeah. week's the memorial and and we're gonna care yeah. about the memorial so yeah memorial and, for sure like, that's yeah be, for sure it's gonna be a great field it always place is, is a place that matters so yep I'm, I'm here for that that's a really cool course fans are gonna be back it's gonna be it's gonna be dope and then yep. we're back to south carolina the week after that for this uh kind of thrown together palmetto championship that they had there what was the tournament that they replaced i always forget uh, i think it's the one in mexico i think Oh, that maybe. was the oh, that maybe, was maybe. that was the concession when they had the world golf. Right. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the one it replaced. It was oh oh, oh the uh, the Canadian Open, the Canadian Open. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. Um, which kind of sucks. The Canadian Open is always kind of cool, but yeah, whatever. Canadian. But then yeah, so we got Charles Schwab this week, Memorial next week, then the Palmetto thing they threw together, <laughs> the Palmetto <laughs> Championship at Congaree, yeah. and then uh, yeah, then the U.S. Open. I mean, we are what's today, May twenty fourth. The U.S. Open starts in four, like in less than four, like three and a half weeks. June? No, that's not right. June seventeenth, first day. We're not. It's less than a month to the U.S. Open. It's awesome. First day out. And then a month after. I mean, yeah, I, I I really I really appreciate what they've done with the golf schedule and how. Yeah, and it. I feel like we're just spoiled because whenever we get back to normal like this super season had just so much so much to it um, yeah I don't know what we're gonna do whenever that regular schedule rolls back around but oh yeah the 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 like the 12 like when we go from october last year september october yeah. like basically a full year of uh, yeah. schedule I'm straight this golf like it's and like how that affects everybody's and maybe even more to the fact that how the hell did Phil win this week? You're right. Like, I think it'll crazy. be, I mean, we got a Ryder cup this year though. So that'll tide us yeah. over in September, but then, yeah, that's going to man that, that break from like September, October to like, you know, I guess January is going to be a little rough this year. It's going to be, yeah. the, I think but we had I mean, a couple of tournaments sprinkled in. We, yeah, we had a masters yeah. in November. I mean, you know, I mean, we're going to be, we'll be back in Hawaii before we know it. So it's going like to be personally, are we going to go? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Can we please go? That would be amazing. Go. <laughs> Big All right. takes. Well, that is it Big for on. the Phil Mickelson is amazing recap podcast. <laughs> uh, appreciate everybody listening in. Uh, be sure before, uh, as always, like, subscribe, follow us at Big Stick Golf Official. We really appreciate it. Like and subscribe the podcast if you can. We'll be back next week. Maybe we'll be, maybe we'll be back next week recapping the Charles Schwab. But yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll be leading up to Memorial. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a little little recap. Um, and uh, yeah, until then, though, don't forget to whip out the big stick. Thank you for listening to the Big Stick Golf Podcast. I mean, the crowd was unbelievable. We should see the best players in the world. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I wish we could play in front of crowds like this, you know, every single week. Until next time, take care. Otto Palmer is the master champion of 19.